Hi, this is Vanessa Marshall, the voice of Hera on Star Wars Rebels, and you're listening to the Living Force Podcast. Know the code. Welcome to the Living Force Podcast. Be mindful of the Living Force, young Padawan. A Utini production. Episode 15, The Foundational Five. We need a statement, not a manifesto. On this episode, what are your top ten Star Wars novels? We check the tweets. Submit your blaster for inspection. Also, what are the Foundational Five books? A good question for another time. And now, here are your hosts. But I want them alive. No disintegration. Dr. Corey Helton, Eric Eilerson, and Dr. Charles Henkel. Yeah, being a being doctor. Really I was say, and hey, and, and <laughs> yesterday I was technically off and volunteering to help put the set in the truck because we're going to another place. And then this, I think it had to be over a 50 pound, two foot diameter moon went falling off a thing while I'm standing on a ladder and hit me in the face because it wasn't secured properly. So I just heard them say, I don't think that's probably Eric. Eric heads! And then it hits me in the face, my glasses fall off. And I just hold on to the ladder, because I'm like, okay, if I just if I stay on the ladder, I'm going to be okay. So I don't fall off, my vision doesn't go black, I, I don't see stars, anything like that. So, you just died. Exactly, yeah, I just I instantly died. <laughs> just and then I, I calmly just got down off so, the ladder, found my glasses, sat in a chair, and, everyone, and people come over like, are you, ooh! And I go, okay, that's not great. So I put my hand where my where I think I got hit, and it hurts a little. I pull it back, and there's just blood because it's a head wound, right? So I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. There's Kleenexes there. I'm like, hey, can someone get me like a paper towel? Like very calm, very just like, hey, this sucks. The guy that dropped the thing, I'm like, hey, man, you're fine. I'm not. Are you okay? Are you good? Because <laughs> I don't want him to feel bad. And we got a wet paper towel. Eventually, it stops bleeding, and I have literally a perfect X at the edge of my at the edge of my eyebrow where it just hit me. And did concussion protocol. I couldn't drink a beer all night, which was frustrating because everyone went out afterwards. Um, but, but yeah, then I woke up today and I didn't. I didn't have a headache. I didn't even need ibuprofen or anything. But it was that moment of like, nice. man, these glasses because it, it, it's about half an inch away from my eyeball, and I'm like, these glasses right, really yeah, did a great job not not letting me go blind. So I feel like there are a lot of jokes so you, that we could make about this. I mean. So you got hit in the face with the, with the moon. moon. There's a moon piece specifically. Moon. I got hit that, with the that's moon. That's no moon. That's no moon, that's Eric. No moon. There are a lot yeah. of jokes. I got vector primed. Are you <laughs> already already made the joke earlier that we didn't have recording, unfortunately, that you basically got chewy right in the face. In the face. <laughs> but you know what? We are here. You had a crazy shift. You had a terrifying shift. I got hit with a giant set piece, but we're here because we love the Living Force podcast episode 15. And s- I'm not going to lie. I didn't love the Living Force podcast episode 15 last night at like <laughs> four in the morning or something when I was like trying to go to sleep and there was stuff happening in our Slack. In fact, that's why I'm so late because I'm like asleep in the call room. I'm like finally getting to sleep and I can't put my phone on silent because they might right. have to call me. Right. So I had to, I, I like just, I couldn't. I still have not figured out the great way to like mute notifications on either uh, Slack or Discord. Oh, Slack! So super what easy. happens? I well, okay. Well, I'm, I'm going to play with it and, yeah. and do it, but like I haven't figured out how to do it on Discord either. So what happens is I get in the middle of a situation in which that it's really pissing me off, and I just log out. Okay, <laughs> so I log I logged out of Slack and I forgot to log back in. So Eric, you texted me, and I'm like, oh yeah, <laughs> no wonder it's been so quiet all day. <laughs> Because I uninstalled it last night, or uh, logged out last night. Yeah. Well, luckily for us and for you listeners, he logged back, and his name is Tired But Willing, Dr. Corey Helton. Welcome officially back to the land of the living, man. Willing is a strong word, man. I just did a a 24-hour shift yesterday, and I haven't recovered yet. I'm still I'm going to do what I can for you by forcing positivity to an almost artificial extent. And we also have (laughs) Dr. Charles Hankel. Hey, buddy. Hey, oh, good to be here as always. Good to see you, and I am right, Eric right, Corey. Yeah, you're here to medicine. Cheers, everybody. Uh, I hope I, I hope we. I'm ready to get paid more than we get paid now because this is the worst part. <laughs> I mean, that's how I'm going to feel for the rest of my life. If that helps, <laughs> I, I'm always ready to get paid more. But I have a way less stressful job than you. <sighs> yeah, well, but you know what? You know, every week we get to lead those stressful lives. 
and come talk about Star Wars for a little bit and pretend that everything mm. is fine just for this hour. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Everything is fine. I love that the meme of the dog with the room just burning all this around is fine. him. That's pretty much how I feel. <laughs> this is fine. This is great. Uh, but before we get into a little bit of a little bit of meat for this this week for you fine folks, I want to touch on our last week that we've had because we had a really fun social week this week. A lot of things were going crazy in real life, but Star Wars Twitter, as always, was a bastion of greatness and fun. Um, I feel like we've been having more interaction with all you guys every single week, which we super appreciate and. I got yeah, a feeling. That's awesome. After last week's episode, Corey, you mentioned the tiers of books that you have. Your tier ones, tier twos. We played a little game. We ranked some books. And I just got in this mm-hmm. mood where I'm like, you know what? I should rank my top 10 canon books just for fun. So I did that and I threw them out on Twitter. And man, a lot of people tweeted back their own list. It was so much fun. So I just wanted to take a cu- couple minutes here to go down the top threes of a couple people. So we're not going to go through all ten, but and I want to get your guys' um, initial thoughts on them and see if we have some really smart listeners or if we really got to do some work. All right? Idiots! <laughs> if they're so idiots! Uh, so first of all, yes, we love you all. All books are subjective, except Throne Alliances is bad. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so first of all, we had uh, Dylan Sasser, at Dylan Sasser, friend of the show. He's tweeted in a bunch. His top three are... Lost Stars, Inferno Squad, and Dooku Jedi Lost, which I thought was mm, strong, strong, strong choices there. I've not read Inferno Squad. That's my. That's one of the more controversial. Ooh. That's kind of like well, uh, probably a top ten book that I, I know I haven't read. I don't know why. I just I can't. I haven't ever gotten around to doing it. I think mainly because the campaign in, in Battlefront Two like irked me so much that I have a bad taste in my mouth about the whole thing. Yeah, because you wanted that dark side. You wanted a lot more Imperial yes. stuff, which is all that book. Like, she doesn't turn in that book. So I think that yeah, might, you might I like know. that. I, yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. It's on my list. Good choices there. Dooku, Jedi Lost, and Lost Stars are both Fantastic. Uh, we also have Sarah Haas at SEH221. She has Bloodline at number one, which I thought is excellent. Lost Stars at number two. And Leia, Princess of Alderaan, at number three. It is a Claudia Gray sweep. Yeah, that's solid. Yes. Wait, all right, out of curiosity, do you have their top ten in front of you, or do you just have the three? Not in front of me at the moment, but if you vamp I'm for just, a second, I can get it. I'm I'm wondering where Master and Apprentice is. If she's if Ooh, she's such a big a Claudia Gray fan, choice. I mean, maybe she hasn't read. If you're that big of a Claudia Gray fan, I feel like. Master and Apprentice would make your top three. Uh, Maybe not, but I think it would. All right, I got it it right here. Her Master and Apprentice is seven on Sarah's list. Wow. Below. Interesting. And I'm going to say this because it's on Twitter. And Sarah, your list is actually really fantastic. I love all your books. Because her number six above Master and Apprentice is Queen Shadow. What? That's. That's just gonna. I love come. it. I, I'm so glad that so many people have different opinions on Star Wars books yeah. because it's there's so much variety. I love it. Really it's a great list, it. Sarah. Oh, what, awesome. What were you gonna say, Charles? I was just gonna say that our our tastes in Star Wars books are definitely different. But you're absolutely right. I mean, it's that's what makes this so cool. That's why we need such a vast mm-hmm. universe. You know that all different people, all different totally. stories. There's something Ex- for you in there. Exactly. And. We've talked about Claudia Gray a lot on the show, too, because she's basically a superstar. What did you guys both think about, about Bloodline? That one is pretty far on, lower on my list as far as Claudia Gray goes. In fact, I would actually probably put that one at the bottom of, of her books, personally. Ooh, I, I loved it. It's my number five in my list overall, my top ten. Oh, yeah. Really? Um, I don't think I would even put it in my top I, that That's actually one of the first books that really made me love Leia a lot. Because I liked, mm, um, I liked the political stuff with Leia, like Senator Leia. I like Kesterfo. I think he's a really cool character. And I mm-hmm. think it was very much unlike Lost Stars, Master and Apprentice, and uh, Leia, Princess of Alderaan. Because those, those kind of all have a Claudia Gray feel, which is awesome. But I think Bloodline is definitely the one that feels less like her usual writing style. So I totally get if people yeah. don't love it as much. But I really dug it. Mm-hmm. I have a confession to make. The only Claudia Gray novels I've read are Lost Stars and Master and Apprentice. I have not Ooh. read Leia, Princess of Alderaan, or Bloodlines. Nice, Dude. interesting. Yeah, Leia. Have you yeah, read that? I love Eric? it. Leia is a shockingly good book. It's another one of her. Uh, is it the only other young adult book that she's yes, written? Yes, that Lost Stars. Yeah, at least yeah. in Star Wars. <clears throat> yes, and uh, Leia, Princess Walderon goes into Leia and um, Admiral. Hold uh, What's her face? 
Admiral Purple. Yeah, hold from and Last our Lord Jedi. and Savior Bail Organa's mm-hmm. in that book. So it's ultimately <laughs> awesome. No, but I, I'm yes, jealous of you, yes. Charles, because in your world, you mm-hmm. still have new Claudia Gray Star Wars novels to read. So how exciting. If only I had the time. <laughs> Maybe someday. Mm-hmm. But you know who else did have the time? Is at Phasma Forever, who we might as well assume number one was Phasma. <laughs> and number two, Ahsoka. Number three, Rebel Rising, which were all super good books. I wouldn't put them quite that high for me personally, but I like I like, I like them all quite a lot. lot. All, Phasma yeah. is, is great. Mm-hmm. Ahsoka is one of those kind of controversial books that you either see people love it or they hate it. Mm-hmm. And like I, I, I love that. I've seen people call it Ahsoka Farms. Yeah, it, it <laughs> yeah, is very. Because... But so is Kenobi. You know, Kenobi's Kenobi Farms. Yeah. So like. All, yeah, I'm wearing exactly. a Soka shirt right fun. now. I'm wearing my Her Universe Tano shirt, I so that's, I gotta that's love true. it. That's such a that's, that's such a good point, Eric. I never even thought about that. Kenobi is one of my favorite Star Wars books in general, and Ahsoka, I didn't really like. Like the last the last like ten percent was awesome, mm-hmm. and the first like ninety percent, I was just like, yeah, it's not one of my favorites. I think something happened as far as E.K. Johnston book. I actually liked Queen Shadow. Depending on the day, maybe a little. I don't know. It, they go back and forth for me. I definitely liked Ahsoka better than Queen Shadow, and she gets her lightsabers. In yeah, the book, it's, which it's is dope sick. as hell. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think that's a, that big of a no. spoiler because that's pretty common knowledge, I think. But yeah, if you're if you like Ahsoka as a character, you should definitely check out the hundred percent because she gets like her the the whole scene in which she gets her white lightsabers. There's like a whole bunch of cool stuff for like crystal lore, and it's really good. We've talked about it a little it's bit. Beautiful. Before. We also have Alderanian Rose at Alderanian R, who I was with on an episode of Friends of the Force that just dropped this uh, today, actually, as we're recording, who is a fantastic member of this community. Her top three, we've said a couple of them, Leia, Princess of Alderaan, number one, Bloodline, mm-hmm. number two, and Alphabet Squadron, number three, which I love. Nice. The Alphabet Squadron love in there, which we talked about on that episode specifically, if you want to hear more about her and my opinions on that. She also had a lot of love for the Servants of the Empire and the Rebels books. The, like, more younger readers books, but we're in her top ten. Yeah, I've Me not neither. read those, and I've heard really great things about, about the Rebels yeah, books. Yeah, like Ezra's Gamble and a few other ones in there, so I'm, I might have to go back yeah. and check those out. If... Uh, speaking of that same show, we have Brad Whipple, who is the host of Friends of the Force, at Brad underscore Whipple, or at Friend of Force. He's got Lost Stars, Master and Apprentice, Leia, Princess of Alderaan, another Claudia Gray sweep, mm. just in a slightly different way. What yep. the Force, uh, the show themselves at WT Force Show. Number one was Legends of Luke Skywalker. Wow. I can't believe that. That's one of the books that people complain more about. Than I know. I was Wars. shocked. I haven't read it, but they, they wrote hard. We talked on we talked on Twitter back yeah. and forth a couple times and they really made a good case for it. Yeah. And then number- yeah. I, I haven't read I haven't read that one yet either. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you guys, but like I've I've like personally actually avoided the two books in canon that I've avoided because I just won't pick them up if I, you know, if I'm looking for a new one to read is both Legends of Luke Skywalker and uh, Heir to the Jedi. Uh, Heir to the Heir to the Jedi. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, same, same for me. <laughs> Heir to is the it Jedi. just guys? Is Luke just really hard to write? Maybe so. Maybe so. I think that might be a tough thing. Maybe he needs like because he's he's at this kind of legendary status. Maybe when we finally get more books of him know. between 6 and 7, maybe that'll be a better book to write because it's a little more maybe. full of conflict. Maybe maybe he'll be in uh what's the resist resistance what's the what's the resistance reborn? Oh, uh, 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 no, he's anyway. dead. That's between 8 and 9. Oh, yeah, Force but, Ghost. But maybe as a Force Ghost maybe. Shit, he'll pro- he'll be in the Rise of Kylo Ren. Yeah. Yeah, very true. Right? Yeah, that's probably true. Yeah. Yeah, Luke was hard to write in Legends too. He was a super emotional, whiny yeah. kind of character in a lot of ways. I think in everyone Legends. sees Luke in a certain way, so like no matter how you write him, at least thirty percent of people yeah. aren't going to like it. Well, I feel mm-hmm. like you relate to he changes so much from episodes four through six that like you probably when you think Luke Skywalker, you think of him at like a certain time period yeah. along the way, and so like if he's written at a different time, he's going to seem entirely just wrong to you that's just it's this character arc and it's 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 such a uniquely uh intense arc for star wars i love it and uh so for number two and three on what the force they had bloodline again more love for that and dooku jedi lost again which honestly i didn't even think about that when i made my list and i'll go over that at the end but i'd probably refigure dooku somewhere in my top 10 as well i freaking love that yeah then we had last two we had julian kratinsky hope i'm pronouncing that right at jay kratinsky 
Number one, they broke the rules a little bit. They said original Thrawn trilogy, which is not canon. That's allowed. That's, That's allowed. okay. You, you can, you can, you can say right. trilogies. Uh, and then number two, Master and Apprentice, and then Bloodline again for number three. Mm-hmm. And to round us out, Abigail Barletta at Barletta Abigail. Number one was Tarkin, which I was... Oh, I love I'm surprised. Tarkin. I love Tarkin. Haven't read yet. My my girlfriend calls it uh, Bunny Slippers is the name of the book because I've told her that <laughs> that story about Peter Cushing wearing bunny slippers. So that's his name forever. Yeah, that's that's right. That is. Hilarious. And hilariously enough, yeah. she loves Tarkin so much because the first time she ever uh, encountered him was in Lost Stars because she read that book before mm. she even saw the movies. So Holy yeah, crap, really? so Dang. in that book, he's kind of like really nice to to the kids and is really a great guy so she's like i love this man Mm -hmm. i'm like no but oh well (laughs) uh target is great it's it's an absolute i've either one you guys i read the first i read the first bit of it but it was in that weird paperback that had that and a new dawn in it and oh yeah yeah, it was was unwieldy to carry around honestly which hurt it for me it's uh it's it's like the it's like his whole origin story basically like he grows up on like a it's really cool planet that's got a really cool like rite of passage of to become an adult and it's it's a great it's a great book i loved it and lucena is like my favorite it's your dude author, absolutely so a little bias mm-hmm. uh and to round out abigail after tarkin she had lords of the sith number two and then three was a was a mixture of the thrawn and the bane trilogies any surprises in these lists for you guys I mean, i'm i'm surprised legends of luke skywalker was a surprise for me for yep. sure tarkin was a surprise for me just I'm, because i feel like no one talks about that book so yeah. I didn't expect that. Uh, I loved all the, all the love for Leia, Princess of Alderaan was pretty cool. Yeah, that's that was that's actually what I was going to say is like there's more of that in these top threes, and I didn't know that that was as popular as a book by Claudia Gray personally. Yeah, so. but I thought it was great. Very interesting. Yeah, some excellent ones. And to to compare, I had my list, so I, I'm going to share my list with you guys, and I want you to to roast me as you feel appropriate here. All right. Oh, it will. So occur. I'll go from I'll go from the bottom up. I'll switch it up. So my right, my number ten was Battlefront Two Inferno Squad. Also, these oh, are all wow. canon. All right, number nine, Solo: A Star Wars Story. Mm, I thought that'd be higher. Right? Okay, a lot of good books. That's the thing. Eight, Dark Disciple. I oh, respect that. Choice. Seven, Leia: Princess of Alderaan. Okay. Six, The Aftermath trilogy as a whole. All right. Five, Bloodline. Four, Most Wanted. Oh yeah. Yeah right. I like that. Three, Alphabet Squadron. Two Master and Apprentice, one Lost Stars. Yeah. All right. That's a good list. It's not bad. Some controversy in there. I wouldn't put Aftermath in my top mm-hmm. in my top ten. Or Alphabet, I, I would assume. Trilogy. Yeah, I wouldn't put Alphabet in there either. Yeah. And and the sleeper, honest to goodness, I feel like the book that we talked so much about that I just didn't see that much discussion about online as compared to other canon releases is most wanted. So good job putting yeah. that in the top five. Because it, yeah. it belongs yeah. there. Yeah. We rave about most wanted all the time in the show because it's such yeah, a Yeah, seriously. Book. And it's one of those that whenever it comes up on Twitter, you always see people go like, oh, yeah, I love that book. But it it's kind mm-hmm. of always an afterthought. It was shrouded in the controversy right. of Solo is the problem. No, it is an excellent, excellent book. So before we get to a couple more excellent books, because I don't think I said it at the top of this show, but as you may have noticed in the title of this show, the purpose of this episode is our foundational five books at Utini because we've mentioned that a lot of times in this in this show. We have the foundational five, and this is where you, just, you should start. And I think there's a really a need for us, for our new listeners and people that may not have been to utini.com yet, to go down what are the five books we say you should read first in Star Wars and why they're important. So I want to hit those in a second. But before we do, guys, I'm going to do a little spoiler, a little spoiler bit. Not not huge spoilers, but we're all... Let's try to avoid okay, spoilers. No spoilers. Spoil- spoil- I'm not even going to say still, spoilers. Still it's the wrong word. I'm going to do a little a little more of a preview. How about that? A little more tease. A tease. A tease. It's a tease. Because as of this episode <laughs> dropping, tomorrow on utini.com, we will have our full spoiler-filled review of Thrawn Treason. So I just wanted to get the three of us to kind of update our initial thoughts that we had last week to kind of give everyone a tease of what that vibe might be. So, Corey, I'm going to throw it to you first. Since last week, you've made it a little farther in the book. Have you finished it yet? I'm basically okay. done. I, I'm on like the. I'm on a very. I'm on like the last chapter, but I was just so tired when I was reading the last bit, and I just I couldn't finish it. It was so stupid. I was just. I don't know. Anyway, I'm basically done with it. I'm okay. So so it. what's your the, the tease of your thoughts that will come out in the review? Because as yeah. you guys know, our reviews at Utini compile all of our thoughts together in one united mm-hmm. front. But here's a little bit of where we're coming from. I I, th- I think um 
I think it's I think the Eutenia review is going to be more critical than people are probably going to be ready mm-hmm. for. You know, we we've had a whole lot of sort of behind the scenes conversations about about Thrawn as a character, about Thrawn and his sort of transition from legends to canon and I think a lot of people have got a lot to say about Thrawn as a canon character and what he brings to canon and what uh, what this sort of trilogy even means for the expanded universe as a whole. And I mean, I think it's going to be pretty critical. I don't think I don't think I would go as far to say that we didn't like it. I think that we definitely enjoyed it. That most of the team pretty much enjoyed it. But I think we have some criticism of it that I don't think we're too afraid to too afraid to share. You know, it's always always great to have Zahn back in back in writing. Like mm-hmm. he was a superstar in Legends, and we have so much so much that we owe him for doing so much for for Star Wars. But I don't think that necessarily means that we can't have some critical things to say about his writing. So totally. We'll All see. right, Charles. So I have like fifty to sixty pages left. I would be reading the book right now if I wasn't here talking to you <laughs> knuckleheads. Um, so you know, don't worry about it. It's fine. But I I really like it, honestly, uh, which kind of surprises me and kind of doesn't. It surprises me because I was not a fan of Throne Alliances, uh, which a lot of us weren't very big fans of. And in some ways, I can acknowledge that this book is similar to that. But for some reason, it has like that classic Thrawn feel to me that like I know and love. So I'm actually really stoked with what I've read so far. A lot of big things are happening, uh, and I'm sure there are surprises, or some surprises coming up that I'm not going to know are coming until I get there. But a lot of the things that are happening that are building up towards the like last act of the story, I think, are really cool things. And if you take a step back and just look at the story and try to remove yourself from maybe some opinions you have about the character of Thrawn, and maybe mm-hmm, if yeah. you feel like he doesn't serve as much of a, of a purpose... I feel like it's actually a strong story, and and that will be my input. Cool. Yeah, yeah, I when I first came to Thrawn in Rebels, I really loved him as a character. I enjoyed the old-school Thrawn trilogy enough. I think the new Thrawn book, it's not in my top ten, I found out weirdly, but I really do love that novel, and I hated this book so much, guys. I, Which is, it's, it's so, so shocking to me. Like, I can't... Do you, did you think you disliked it more than No, that? no, it's my second... Thrawn Treason is my second least favorite canon novel ahead of Alliance. That's that's crazy. I mean, I I would not put it that low in my list. I mean, it would definitely be in the, you know, it would be in the greater than 50th percentile mm-hmm. for me. Like this book would. Like it's it's not I wouldn't say it's bad. Yeah. So to hear you say that you hated it. I'm excited really for our conversation about it cuz we will do a round table with yeah. with spoilers and stuff, but I have um mm-hmm. some very specific criticisms of it that'll come out in the review. Um which I think are I think are pretty yeah, valid. Yeah, and I think that's yeah, the thing is like valid. But I'm yeah, it it. I'm with you, Charles. Though I really enjoyed I enjoyed the mm-hmm. book. Like I, I think it's absolutely worth reading, even if we are critical. I want to clarify this because I don't want people. We've had a lot of negative things to say already in this mm-hmm. episode, and I don't want people to think that we're we just oh no 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 the book at all because like I, I think it's absolutely worth reading. Like, it's a fun book. It's worth reading, and uh, I just think we have some kind of specific criticisms. Sort of of this is I, I think our criticisms are probably sort of about the book itself and also sort of about the quote unquote trilogy at this point. Yeah, yeah, because I, I think a lot of again not to go into to any spoiler territory or to where the book review will end up obviously tomorrow, but there is a expectation element to it. There is a character element to it. Writing so so yeah, just basically stay tuned. Mm-hmm. I believe either I think Charles, you're writing this one, are you not? Yeah. All right, so Charles, that's, that's the plan. That's the plan. So Charles, you're writing the hospital it. long enough. If and I you... can finish the book, <laughs> so keep your eyes on on tomorrow on utini.com for our full thoughts, and we'll go into yeah. obviously our full spoiler thoughts in the roundtable in a couple weeks. Yeah, if we haven't if you haven't figured it out, we usually do the episode uh, about a book approximately 30 days after the yeah. book is released, so you have plenty of time to read it before we, you know, ruin it. Absolutely. <laughs> So with that, we're going to take a quick break here. We're going to hear from you, teeny member, about some cool books, and then we're going to go down our foundational five. Be right back. Hello there. I'm Meg, and I'm a content creator with Utini. I recently published our Villains Collection, and wow, there are some great stories in the Expanded Universe about your favorite bad guys. My personal favorite? Delilah S. Dawson's Phasma, which gives you all the backstory you could ever want about the sequel trilogy's shiny new antagonist. 
I won't go into detail about why Captain Phasma is the best villain in the Star Wars galaxy. Matt would cut it all out anyway. So good to have you back. I have a lot of feelings about Phasma. But anyway, if there's a Star Wars villain you love, there's probably a cool story about them you've never heard before. So head on over to utini.com to check out the list of books we've put together for your reading pleasure. And read Phasma. It's great. And so is she. You're listening to The Living Force. And as always, may the Force be with you. And we're back, and I am a changed man. That, that honesty. Because you peed? Or because because you I listened, listened to that, that clip, man, and maybe I peed, maybe I feel better. <laughs> you know, don't shame me for my body's needs, Corey. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, but we are back, and we are going to talk about our foundational five books. Now, Corey, can you tell our fine, fine listeners what the foundational five is, why you had the idea to do it in the first place, kind of how that all came about over at Utini. Why do we, why do we think this is important? Yeah. Yeah, totally. So um, you guys have heard us talk a lot about like how there are various opinions in Star Wars, about what books are good, what books are not good. Like we've had critical things to say about a lot of books. We've had really positive things to say about a lot of books. Like I hated Queen Shadow. Eric loves Queen Shadow. Like we have such differing opinions on, on what is a good book. So we, we had a sort of big conversation as a team, not just the three of us. You know, Utini's a, a much bigger team. There's probably 25-ish. I don't know. There's a, there's a large team. We had a really big conversation, not about what are the best books in Star Wars, but what books should you read first if you've never read a Star Wars book before? And we put a lot of thought into sort of like how to even make that decision well before we even started throwing out books and we kind of arrived on like a lot of criteria right uh one of the criteria i don't remember i don't have a written thing in front of me but it's because it's been a long time since we've had this conversation but i do remember thinking about some specific things like how entertaining is the book how much prior knowledge of star wars expanded university you need to read this book because that's a big problem like i've talked about picking up the ninth book in a long series to uh, read for the first time. Yeah, not so, not like, everyone's a Corey when they need. jump in. <laughs> right, that was. I mean, it sucked, and it kind of ruined the experience for me in a lot of ways. So, like, what? How much knowledge do you need? How important is the book for the for the big picture? Because, like, you don't want to read a book that, like, you know, you find it's your favorite book ever. It has nothing to do with anything, and like, it's not even count. It doesn't even count anymore, right? So, like, yeah, how important is it? It's entertainment. The writing style is easy to read. Um, also, like the characters, are these important characters for sort of the, the the grand Skywalker saga, if you will, right? So, and we so we we kind of really put a lot of thought into what makes a good book to read first, right? That's uh, and then we arrived on on these five books. We want to keep it really short too. That was the other thing is like there was a lot of thoughts of like how many books do you want? Do you want the top twenty? Do you want the top ten? And we decided on like this is the absolute five. So if you have not read these five books you should read them first and if you don't like star wars books after you've read these five books then quit now because this is like this is this is the best introduction i think exactly and we're gonna go through each of these five and i also want to state there's no particular order right this isn't first second third fourth these are right if you want to take the vibe of one then you'll probably like this part of star wars the vibe of another you'll like this part of star wars etc so there's a mixture Mm -hmm. of canon and legends there's a mixture of narrative stories versus character driven stories so for this episode, we're going to go through each of these five. We're going to say why is it important. Do we personally like them? Because I'll be honest, like so we like these books generally, but we all have our favorites. So we wanted to make sure there was no personal bias involved in these books when we first decided on this list. And then where should you go after you read these books? Let's start it right yeah. out. Our number one, again, no particular order, but it's number one. <laughs> our first book <laughs> is Lost Stars by Claudia Gray. We talked a lot about this book already this episode because so many people have it in their top three, right? And for great reason. Elevator pitch on this book, mm-hmm. it's kind of a love story between two starting out as kids on this backwater planet, and they grow up in the Empire and then discover how they feel about the Empire, how they feel about the Rebellion, and it all takes place in the backdrop of some of the major events in the original trilogy. And you get to see their relationship. Yeah. Evolve, you get to see the the big moments of Star Wars kind of as you've never seen them before. And I think that's honestly, guys, why I think it's so important. Because it's basically like watching the original trilogy, but you have a different camera, right? 
Yeah, my, my elevator pitch for this, because I honestly think I've given the elevator pitch for Lost Stars more than I have literally any other book and talking about Star Wars. Because, like, you know, you meet people through work and and, and out and about and make friends and stuff. And, like, I, people find out that I'm doing this whole Star Wars thing. And I get a lot of questions, like, what book should I read first? I've never read Star Wars books. You get a lot of that sort of... You know, I'm kind of a closeted nerd. I don't really want to. I don't really want to be like too enthusiastic. <laughs> right, right. But they do actually want. They do actually want real advice yeah, about what yeah. book they should read first. So, I give them this elevator pitch. So, Lost Stars by Claudia Gray. Um, it's it's surprisingly a young adult novel. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not an adult novel. It doesn't feel like a young adult novel. That doesn't mean that it's written for young adults. It's not necessarily what young adult means. It's an independent book. So, this is the only time it. Ex- it's the only. It's the only single story that it exists around, right? Like there's not a trilogy. It's not in a series. It's just a standalone book. Um, and it has sort of everything that a really great star Wars book has, right? It has action and adventure. It's got a, a little bit of a romance going. Um, you get sort of a, a, a Harry Potter vibe. is not the right thing, but people are really, really interested in like adolescence mm-hmm. and like, like learning about yourself and getting older. So the characters start off, start off as kids in the book and they become adults through the, through the whole, whole story. And, um, that's that's so much fun to read about, and um, and it also has little subtle touches to the films in various ways. Mm-hmm. Like like there are specific scenes. If you're if you're pretty familiar, I don't want to give any spoilers because this is like you know if, if I'm going to be referring to this episode probably in the future of saying hey go listen to this right. episode if you want to get into Star Wars books. Um, but like if you're pretty familiar with the films. Like there are scenes that are in this book that are referenced that are like, oh, that's how that's done, or that's how that 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 little touch is explained, right. and that is so much fun. That's like one of the most fun things about the expanded universe because it they do tie into the films in really subtle ways, and it's really fun to read about. Um, and yeah, this is kind of the book that put Claudia Gray on the map too. Isn't Lost Stars the first one that she wrote for Star Wars? Yeah, 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 for yeah, sure. The first one for Star Wars that she wrote. So yeah, Lost Stars is great. It's uh. It's a not too bad of a read. It's pretty short. I mean, yeah. it's great. Charles? I think the best way that I can describe Lost Stars and why it's special and why it belongs in the Foundational Five is that it's both new and familiar. So mm-hmm. a lot of times when you think about a Star Wars book, you think about like, oh, so that's about Luke Skywalker, right? It's like, well, no, this one actually isn't about Luke Skywalker. It's about these people that you don't even know. And despite that fact, it's still feels so much like star wars and a part of that oh, yeah. is exactly what you touched on Corey. that yeah there are little nods and big things that happen in the films are referenced and seen in the book as well from a different angle but it's also just familiar in the sense of what what the entire point of young adult novels is which is what you talked about as well Corey. like growing up and experiencing going through changes crossing the threshold as it were that is what we watch Luke Skywalker do in A New Hope. And so we get to watch the same type of journey for two different people at the same time and see how maybe they come to similar or different conclusions that Luke did. So it's it's entirely new, which is a ton of fun, but it also just still feels like what we know and love. Yeah, Absolutely. It's, sure. it's a perfect yeah. Star Wars book. I don't think I've ever... It really is. I don't think I've heard a single legitimate criticism of the book i mean not i mean there's there's stupid criticism <laughs> sure, of right. the book, but there, <laughs> there, there are there are no sort of legitimate criticism of this of this book of like it doesn't matter or it doesn't fit into canon or anything yeah. like that like it's it really is it really is probably I, mean, I don't i don't think i'm too far out of line to say that it might be the best actually you know what it probably is the best of all the new canon books that have been written so far and it came very very early after the disney acquisition which is one of the most fascinating. I think yeah. it helps too that it was out of the blue. Yeah, right? absolutely. Because, like, yeah, you're right, man. <clears throat> you have no time to build up expectations for it. It means you can't be let down. It yeah. is just a pleasant yeah. surprise all the way around. Yeah. Totally. Now, one thing I want to add on the end of this book before we get to the next one is where, if people like Lost Stars, where should they go next? What should they read next? And I'll start us off because when I read Lost Stars, I immediately wanted more of this kind of book. I wanted more Claudia Gray. I wanted more adolescence. So for me, it's it's so obvious that after Lost Stars nowadays, you should read Leia, Princess of Alderaan. I think that you get another adolescent story. It's written by Claudia Gray, but it gets you a yeah. little more into the familiar characters. You get Leia. You get Bale. You get Holdo. You, mm-hmm. you start to say, okay, I'm going to wade a little deeper into these waters of known characters, known canon. And then, man, right. if you think the Alderaan... 
explosion hits you hard in episode four to start, like you read this book and you know the people that were there. So Leia Princess of Alderaan, 100% my pick. I was actually going to say like two groups of, of books that you should kind of go off of. And Eric, you actually hit hit <laughs> both <laughs> groups perfectly. Either Claudia Gray books yep. in general because she's such a superstar or young adult books in general yep. because the young adult books have a track record that is way better than the adult canon books in, in, in canon. So basically anything else by Claudia Gray is fantastic. Master and Apprentice, um, Bloodline, it's all great. Um, all, a lot of the young adult books are already great too. We've talked a lot about them a little bit. Uh, Most Wanted, Ahsoka. There's a lot of really uh, princess. Yep. Rebel Rising is really good. Um, Rebel Rising is really yeah. good. Yeah, the young adult books have a really yeah. Character focused stories are are huge in young adult. Charles, any any agreements? Any yeah. any additions? I think you guys just wrapped it up. That I was actually my answer was going to be Rebel Rising, so it's covered. Yeah, I think it's any yeah. any young adult is fantastic. I, that's something else I didn't really mention too that we also considered when we chose these books is are they good sort of launching uh-huh. points? That was actually a really big uh, decision. Is are these good launching points into other Star Wars books because they do fit nicely as sort of a beginning of lots of different cool stuff. Yeah. Now our second book that we're going to talk about in this five is Darth Bane: Path of Destruction by Drew Carpshin, who was the writer of Kotor. He's the writer of the Darth Bane trilogy. He wrote Revan, but Bane is kind of. As far as Star Wars books, his claim to fame. Darth Bane is a, yeah. is a Legends story, first book in a trilogy, of a Sith Lord that created the Rule of Two. There can only be one master, one apprentice, and this is the book that takes place thousands of years before the movies, so you get all brand new characters, brand new world, and it really gets you into the dark side mythos. Because we wanted a book that, for the people that love Vader, you love Palpatine, but you want to know how it started, Bane is the gold standard and you got to read this book first yeah totally charles go ahead i i think that what makes this book so cool is it's a great as you mentioned launching point for all of these books that are just about people that are bad to the bone like i i loved i loved the battlefront 2 campaign i didn't have the same like criticism that you (laughs) might have Corey. of oh well i wanted to you know i wanted to be evil i wanted to be the empire and i didn't get to do that Read this book. You get to do that. Like yeah. Darth Bane is evil incarnate, and it's yeah. it's it's fun. It's fun to just go to the dark side for a while. And there are other yeah, books that totally. also give you that that opportunity, certainly. But Darth Bane: Path of Destruction is probably one of the best at doing. I think one of the fun things about Darth Bane, as opposed to what some people might consider its modern analog, Lord of the Sith, right? That's kind of like the main. The main dark side book we got with Palpatine and Vader, ideally, is that Bane is really about the character and how he comes to the dark side, how he really embraces its power and how it changes him. Whereas Lord of the Sith, I don't think ever quite gets there in such an intense way. And oh yeah, totally. And it's purely, I, I think it's well, it's way better written. So yeah. yeah. And Eric, I don't know if you if you mentioned this uh, when we first started talking about this, but Darth Bane: Path of Destruction is the first of the yeah. Bane trilogy. So there are there are three books all about Darth Bane and his rise to power. Um, they are absolutely phenomenal. I've talked about this on the show before. I've in the last three six months or so, I listened to the Darth Bane trilogy mm-hmm. again on audiobook, and I've never done it. And man, the audiobook is really good. And Drew really, uh, I, mean, I think it's math is it's not Matthew Stover. I don't think that. No, I'm sorry, not Matthew Stover. It's not um, Mark Thompson that does um, it. I think it's Jonathan. That's, yeah, he did, he did a lot of the Legends books. Yeah, I, I can't remember what the, who the who the narrator is, but he really does capture Bane um, really, really well, and it's really great. And if you've ever played the Kotor games too, so the Knights of the Old Republic's games, I don't know if most if if a lot of people under the age of like 18 right now have maybe probably not played that game because we grew yeah. up with that. It came out in like 2000 and. Something like that. Yeah, it's old. It's a pretty old game on mm-hmm. Xbox originally, and um, this touches a lot of lore that's brought up in that book or in that in that game, that campaign, and um, it's it's really strong. Darth Bane is, is yeah. Really, really and if you want to see the epic level dark side powers, that's also huge in this book. I mean, if you think that yeah. why doesn't why doesn't Vader just go crazy and like suck the life force out of people? Like Bane has no. Th- limits that he won't go to no. especially yeah. as you get later thought in the trilogy bomb. thought bomb. Yes, thought bomb two words and it is sick yeah it is really yeah. really sick because it's not it's not it's not like he's so untouchable that he can't be defeated because he gets his butt kicked a whole bunch of times but he's just so flipping powerful yeah sick. so i mean i'm gonna Darth i Bane. think i'm gonna talk for all of us 
for if you like Path of Destruction, the next book you should read is Rule of Two because it's a trilogy. Yeah, <laughs> the whole Bane trilogy. Yeah, if you like Bath, Darth Bane, Path of Destruction, definitely read the whole trilogy. Yeah. That's kind of a gimme. We just didn't want to include the whole trilogy. Yeah, the they don't. They don't fall off. We didn't like the. Yeah, first they don't one. fall off in quality. That's a nice thing. The, the whole trilogy no, no, stays no, they're great. All just as good. The only, the only criticism I'll have to say about the Bane books is the art on the covers is atrocious. <laughs> it's real bad. Okay. It is so bad. In fact, like there's like a lot of talk about when this book came out. There was like a bunch of uh, – there was like some contract issue with the <laughs> artists and they had to rush and get a, and get the art put together. And it's it's super ugly. Wait, like Rule of Two is the worst one by far. Yes. I think. Easily. So Dynasty bad. of Evil is like fine. Yes. It's, it's – it's just tough because I, I I hope in my in my bones that we get an anniversary edition like they did with Air of the Empire and it gets a brand new cover. Please, that'd be cool. So, yeah, so like yeah, right. that'd be great. So yeah, great. So as far as you should go next after reading Darth Bane, read the rest of the trilogy. That's a gimme. Um, there's a lot of really great sort of bad guy books too that are good. Uh, or you said Lords of the Sith and Canon is is probably yeah. it's not as Sith good, book. but it's it's, a- it's got the same the same general vibe, but. I know I, I read Lord of the Sith after I did Bane, and I gotta say it—I think Bane was so good that it tempered my enjoyment of that. Yeah, Darth Plagueis might also be a, a okay, good sort yeah. of bad guy Sith to kind of jump off of. Um, Darth Plagueis gets thrown around as as a book that I think a lot of people would would give Darth Plagueis like a foundational book spot. Personally, I think that book it's is way too dense. dense for 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 anyone that's not read maybe ten ten at least ten books first mm-hmm. before you read yeah, it. We contemplated putting it in here, and that was the problem mm-hmm. we had. I'll say one last thing before we go on to the next one. If you like the Force lore stuff in Bane, I go to Master and Apprentice by Claudia Gray. Honestly, then you get it's light side, but it's very much Force lore. So, yeah, I could I could maybe see that. That might be a strong jump, but I could maybe see that. All right, our third book we want to talk about is again a book we have talked about on here ad nauseum. It is the Revenge of the Sith novelization by Matthew Stover. This guy yep. possibly wrote the best, just pure writing talent the best book in star wars as far as the prose goes the the yeah. sentence structure how the chapters are put together it is just a phenomenal novel and i will i will say revenge of the sith is the best prequel pretty easily it's it's still at the bottom of my star wars movie list as far as quality goes but mm-hmm. this novel makes you realize really what the story was what the story is and even if there's some filmmaking flaws this makes that story heartbreaking and beautiful. So Matthew Stover elevated that movie beyond anything I could have ever imagined. And this is one of the only books that, as I was reading it, I was looking for light sources as I was walking around at night just to try to find a place where I could read half a page because you are addicted to it. Right. Yeah, I mean, I've if, if you're just now jumping into listening to The Living Force, like you go back and listen to some of our older episodes. I've really been raving about this book a lot because I've been listening to the audiobook, and it's just every occasionally I'll pick it back up. And uh, Ringe of the Sith novelization, I think, is the best Star Wars book that's ever been written, mm-hmm. like uh, by a by a good point yeah. margin. And um, it's so good, it's so good. It just perfectly captures Anakin and and Padme and Obi Wan like the film did not and i've said that a thousand times and i'll keep saying it because the 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 utter tragedy of their relationship is so beautiful in this yeah. book and yeah if that doesn't hook you on star wars books i, I don't see what yeah would. i've used it yeah, as, as a launching point yeah i think it's important that we have a novelization in our, our foundational five two just to like just to introduce people to what that's like and if you're going to choose any novelization it's it has to be this one just purely from a quality standpoint I am super biased, Eric. I Revenge of the Sith. I've probably that is by far the movie I've actually seen the most times mm-hmm. of any Star Wars film, um, and it's, it's very near and dear to my heart. It's, it's very near the top of my list of sure. all of them. Awesome. I, I kid you yeah. not. Uh, and this book just elevates that story even further. Um, it's kind of another one of those new but familiar things, much less than Lost Stars, but. This book just turns the lens of of the story a little bit, and you're right; it, it does a better job of characterizing everyone. But it also it shows you how all of these people, all of these heroes that you are so familiar to you as as the viewer or the reader, mm-hmm. it shows how the normal person in the galaxy looked at them, and it's a yeah, really yeah. interesting take. Yeah, 
It barely it barely follows the the film too is important to add. I mean, it's almost like if you've ever read the Harry Potter books, like sort of the, some of the last Harry Potter books were like barely like the films, and this is like yeah. that. I mean, the dialogue is completely different. The scenes are completely different. Like, there's a loose structure that follows the film, but if there's a way that you can re-experience something that is as near and dear to your heart that I'm sure the films are, if you're listening to this podcast, then why not go for it? And that's what this mm-hmm. book did for me. Yeah, and Matthew Stover has said, I believe, I heard it on a Sky Talkers podcast. They did an entire episode about this novelization. Matthew Stover said that when he was writing the novelization, anything he changed, any dialogue, was straight from Lucas. So it's all... Oh, yeah. This is the only book, the only single book that George Lucas personally edited out of everything yeah. that's ever been written. It's the so only beyond book. incredible. Now, if you love this, as you should, because you're a human being that likes books... I I would honestly suggest after Revenge of the Sith, if you want something that has a similar kind of feel, nothing is really like it. But I could stretch it and say Dark Disciple, actually, I think would fit pretty well because you get that prequel era stuff, you get the really hard relationship drama, and you get the acknowledgement of the depths of the dark side in that book as well. So I'm going to say Dark Disciple. I was going to say the the two film novelizations... uh... The other two really good film novelizations are the uh, the mm-hmm. solo novelization is is Excellent. phenomenal. That was in your that was in your top. Yes, it was. I think, Eric, wasn't it? And um, the Rogue One novelization. I can't wait to read that. It's on Rogue my shelf. Day. I'm gonna just the ones you guys have said are probably the best suggestions. I'm gonna throw in the Phantom Menace novelization too. Oh yeah, because it's prequel era and it does it is in a lot of ways very different than than the film and i think enhances the film as well agreed 100 percent. we did a a full review on that actually at utini.com for the anniversary of the phantom menace we put a new review of the whole novelization and said how good of a job terry brooks did with that have you guys read the attack of the clones novelization i, I haven't i own it i haven't read it yet it's yeah, already it's, salvatore really? it's on my bookshelf yeah yeah we should probably read that at some point so then uh, it would be really funny if that was like a secret gym and like it was like better than both of them or something like Maybe. that yeah we got three years till the 20th anniversary we'll get to it Every, everybody <laughs> does everybody does hate the attack of the clones <laughs> movie more than any other we'll get there eventually that's the that's the only other novel besides vector prime that Ari salvatore wrote yeah so i'll check it out yeah. but for now we have two more novels we want to get to that we have read one is a novel we've, we've alluded to, I don't know if we said by name in this episode, Heir to the Empire by Timothy Zahn, which was honestly the book that started it all back in the 90s. It does. The entire, 91, <clears throat> yeah. Think. The entire expanded universe would not exist without this book. It's the first book that introduced Thrawn. It's the book that said, hey, after Return of the Jedi, here's what happens. And it kind of jump-started fandom in a way that can't really be replicated, honestly, and can't really be understated. Because regardless of your personal feelings on the new Thrawn books, and even on these Thrawn books, just as a pure craft standpoint, the impact, I think, is why we had to have this in the five. Absolutely. You know, if you were just to, if you were to put this out to the general public, like a, you know, what five books should you read first? I can, I, I would be willing to bet, my entire life savings that era of the empire would be, on it'd be number one everybody it would universally, be it would be it would be yeah because universally everyone agrees like for a very long time the heir to the empire or the thrawn trilogy i should clarify heir to the empire is the first of the thrawn trilogy there are two more books mm-hmm. that come after heir to the empire just like darth bane's we have another trilogy that made it on this list for the longest time this trilogy was episode seven eight nine for people yeah because because like it's got all the main characters, it's a huge galactic conflict, it's it's remnants of the Empire, and it's done. And and, and Legends Thrawn is a little different than Canon Thrawn, and he's tactical, but in a different way. And you know, if, even if you're not if you're not as crazy about Thrawn as a character from Rebels or even the new books, I think the Heir of the Empire and the rest of the Thrawn trilogy are absolutely worth reading. Yeah, I think what makes the original Thrawn trilogy so great is like the exact opposite of what makes Lost Stars so great. It's not how familiar it feels, it's how new it feels. And that was very important at Mm -hmm. the time. But I think it's still important now for people who are just coming to Star Wars books because you have to get familiar with new. Like like you have to get comfortable with it because it's not necessarily always going to be, especially if you go into Legends books, it's not going to be what you know and love. It's going to be a little bit outside of that of that comfort zone, a little bit outside of that box. 
and that helps you to ultimately expand you know expand your universe that's why you know it is the expanded universe and that's important for anyone listening to this podcast absolutely and like like with bane if you liked this thrawn novel it's a whole trilogy so you got to read dark force rising uh next but if you have read the whole thrawn trilogy it's kind of a cop out still i'd say read the canon thrawn novel i think that's where you got to go yeah, next I would say it just so. makes sense that that's that's that is Thrawn's origin story, and it's very different than the next two books in the canon, quote unquote, Thrawn trilogy. Um, I would say that that Heir to the Empire is also one of the best jumping points into Legends in general. Um, I would say specifically Legends in general that takes place after Return of the Jedi. Yeah. Um, that's like most of, most of <clears throat> yeah. Legends kind of actually sits right there in the after Return of the Jedi era. Um, and this was a great transition into sort of the more nitty gritty Legends stuff, mm-hmm. like. I personally don't love the New Jedi Order series. It's a 19-book series, but this has got all those characters in it outside of the bad guys, obviously. But Luke and Mara Jade, all those characters are all in the New Jedi Order series. Um, the Legacy series is also a very long series, nine books. That's what I got started with, and that takes place well after the Thrawn books. But some of the old legend stuff, especially the big series that take place after Return of the Jedi, if you do want to start getting into Legends books, then the Thrawn trilogy is a great place to do that. But I would still say probably read our foundational books before you jump into um, a lot of that legend stuff because it gets really complex and nitty-gritty, and be sure you get into the right stuff first. 100%. Charles? I'm going to go X-Wing series just because it's – Mm. It's got the military feel. Choice. It also has a lot of the same characters. And, um, yeah, I mean, just Legends material has this has this quality to it that you can't really, like, put your finger on. But I refer to it as being Legends-y. Like, that's yeah. literally what yeah. I say. <laughs> it's so true, man. Yeah. Yeah, you don't know. Well, it's like old school cool. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's like you just – you can't really – explain it but once you've read a few legends books like i promise you that will make sense to you yeah i mean and they're very similar this is gonna sound negative but it's the only way i can kind of think about to describe it it's more big plot heavy than actual intimate character if you want your big galactic adventures and things like that legends is so about that there's a ton of characters there's a ton of plot there's a ton of things happening whereas canon novels i find are a little more about what are the characters thinking? What are they going through in right. these kind of smaller adventures? So whatever you want to do, it's like old old action cartoons. Yes, like, <laughs> exactly. Well, because it just if you think about what Legends books were initially doing, like they were carrying the story forward the mm-hmm. entire thing. Like that was the they were the engine for the continued Star Wars story. And now that it, it's Disney and there's TV shows and there's new movies and there's all these things. The, the books have a little bit more room to breathe and they can kind of be more of microscopic inspections of smaller periods of time and, and more character studies. That's a fantastic point. And, and ironically enough, the last book we're going to talk about is a Legends book that is a character study. Uh, which is which is, and it's one of the greatest books ever written. Exactly, in Star Wars lore. So, Charles, would you do <laughs> us the honor of telling us all about Kenobi by John Jackson Miller to run our, our foundational five? Yeah, so Kenobi. I mean, it essentially follows Obi Wan from the time that he drops Luke off at the end of Revenge of the Sith to, you know, essentially late. I can't remember exactly where it ends, but essentially later on and you find out how much obi-wan had to do on Tatooine. he wasn't just an old guy living out in the desert uh he was trying to be one but in fact he was someone you know that always wanted to help people and do what was right and so he got sucked into all kinds of craziness on Tatooine involving the infamous tuscan raiders yeah and it is it is a beautiful book about obi-wan but also obi-wan doesn't really takes center stage in this book a lot of the time. There's some brilliant new characters. And how I describe this book to people is it is a straight-up Western in Star Wars. And I know Star Wars has a lot of Western Mm. influences. There's a lot of homages to old Western movies and things like that in the saga. But Kenobi is literally man walks into a dusty town and there's something else going on and he's not going to get involved, but then he gets pulled in and it's a really... It's a really excellent novel that I think a lot of people are, frankly, hoping gets turned into a Disney Plus series. They can just take this novel straight up. Yeah. And I hate saying that because I, I think that's a cop-out a lot of the time, but it would really just work. Yeah. yeah. It's one of those books that if 
you were to move it from Legends to Canon would not really disturb the status quo. Right. Like, there's there's really, like, no reason it couldn't be canon. Agreed. Yeah, Kenobi is really, really great. Um, it's really funny. My, my wife has been reading Star Wars books the last year or two now, and, um, you know, I've really harped on her that she's got to read <laughs> books, and she's super, she's super rebellious, and if I tell her to do it, Well, naturally, yeah. It. But she, <laughs> yeah, so the, la- the last ones that she has to read are the uh, is Kenobi and um, the Revenge of the Sith novelization. She she just finished Kenobi, and like I was really funny because I was like working in the basement, like or redoing our house and stuff, and I can hear her listening to it on the speaker upstairs. I'm kind of listening to it too, and stuff happens. I can hear her go, "What?" <laughs> like, <laughs> like audibly reacting to listening oh, to the audiobook it. upstairs. I love and that. Then she, then she, she's finally like, "Yeah, okay, you were right. Kenobi is amazing." So. Yeah, you got to read it. It's really, really good. And now with the Rebels uh-huh. tie-in with Kenobi in, in Season 3, that one-episode arc with, with Kenobi, it's it makes it special. It really does. Yeah. I don't think there was a scene that was that was more emotional for me than that scene in Rebels when we see old Ben Kenobi, like... He sees little the little silhouette yeah. of little boy Luke it's, running across the farm. I can't I can't wait to get that book, to that point in my rewatch. I'm very excited. Yeah, this this really puts that into perspective. As far as what you should read next after reading Kenobi, that's kind of hard to say. I think sort of the Lone Ranger sort of books kind of fit that mm-hmm. a little bit. Ahsoka I was gonna say Ahsoka. One. Yeah, that's mine. Yeah, Ahsoka is a good one. Maybe Rebel Rising mm-hmm. even a little bit, even though she's less alone. In yeah, that but I think book. it's a good one too. I think it's it's a good one for people that want to read books about other. Every men in Star Wars, like the people that aren't connected to the saga, and you want to see what are their lives like. That's really what Kenobi gives you. Yeah. If if you, the last thing I'll say is if you like if you like the sort of stuff that's happening on Tatooine, the um, the couple sort of short stories books we have, like Tales of Jabba's Palace and Tales of Mos Eisley's Cantina. I don't know if you guys yeah, know yeah, yeah. Those are both very legendsy, kind of fit into the into the universe of Kenobi. Does a little bit, but that's a stretch. I dig it. I dig it though. Now, I've got a question for you guys before we wrap this up here. we got Those are our five foundational books. We all agreed on those, the whole team. It took us a while to figure those out. Definitely read those five. Move on. Let us know where you go from this. Let us know what are in your foundational five books. But for Charles and Corey, if you were to add a sixth, personally, as of now, since we made this list, is there anything you'd put in mm-hmm. additionally now based on books you've read since then, based on a book that you wanted to get in but didn't quite make it? Or based on where you think Star Wars books are kind of going at this point, Master and Apprentice. I mean, I, ooh, yeah. I was, I was, I was thinking about Master and Apprentice, but at the same time, like, I'm not sure it totally meets all the criteria we, we absolutely needed to meet to to make it onto ooh, this list. Like, that's true. This this is my, but this is my knee jerk reaction. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Master and Apprentice. Like he, I mean, you have to you have to understand the importance of Qui Gon mm-hmm. going into Master and Apprentice, which a lot of people I think kind of lose. You have to understand the importance of Dooku, I think, which a lot of people lose. So I think though the interesting thing is I often try to think about how I would take moments in books and even entire books if I didn't have the story. Mm-hmm. And I I think someone in our uh, in our Discord said that they read master and apprentice before watching the phantom menace that's for the right first time. that's right they did that someone someone oh, said really? that yeah and it and that really like sparked to me like how would you look at these characters if you did it the opposite way and so i don't know that you would have to have background story on Pogon. you would just you would meet him in a very different way and maybe have a different opinion of him sure all right yeah i could totally see that if i were to put a book on this list that would be on that and you know um, eric what do you i I'd, I'd put aftermath honestly but this is this is based really? on where I think Star Wars books are going now. I think that because it's a lot of new characters, it's post Return of the Jedi, and it is a lot mm-hmm. of New Republic stuff. It's a lot of characters you meet in the new sequel trilogy, and it's it's adding in a lot of cool new types of characters. I think, and I think yeah. that the if that book did not get as much controversy, yeah. did if there weren't if there weren't so much opinionated kind of conversation about Wendig's writing style in that book, I would agree with you. And I really wish that it would have been received a mm-hmm. little bit better just because it sort of put the knife what, what are they what's how's that expression go? You put the knife in the I don't know. Like the it, nail in the, the coffin. This, nail in the coffin. Yeah, there's. that's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> kind of put the nail in the coffin for some legend people. For some no, really for like larger multi book series that are important for the grand part the Interesting. grand 
story in canon because we really don't have that even with the Thrawn trilogy. Oh, it's not a trilogy. I guarantee that'll come out on Friday. It's not a trilogy. There's no way. (laughs) There are just there are just not there aren't there aren't multi book series in canon the way there were in in Legends. And I think Aftermath. Well, Alphabet's gonna try. I think it'll be interesting to see how that's taken. You know, and I think ultimately, I I think Aftermath Empire's End is the best. So that would technically Mm -hmm. be in the five, but I think you you gotta read the first one to get there. All right, well, if you want more information about these books, head over to utini.com, check out our Foundational Five books list, and while you're there, check out a bunch of other collections we got. We got collections on all kinds of characters and all kinds of authors, and if you find your niche, we'll try to have a collection about it so we can keep you reading, keep you getting more books, keep you in the conversation. And what we are working on, sort of like a... Like a not a you guys heard us talk about it last episode, not an ideal reading order, but like this is sort of the tiers of quality and importance yeah. of book. We're kinda of working on that sort of ranking system a little bit. So if you are extra lazy and you want you want, you know, us just to tell you what to read next, like that that list is coming. It'll it'll probably yeah. come out in the next couple of weeks. Or you can hop in our Discord so. and say, Hey, we have a whole channel called Get a Recommendation. So if you wanna ju- jump That's in right. there at utini.com slash Discord, just ask, Hey, what should I read? and we'll try to help you out. But guys, I think that's it. I think we did it. We talked about our Foundational Five. We talked about our thoughts on Thrawn Trees. And again, keep your eyes out on utini.com tomorrow for the full spoiler-filled review on the latest in Timothy Zahn's Thrawn. I was going to say trilogy, but sequence? Series. Books? Series. Series. There it is. I don't know. I, I'm still uncertain of whether or not Loosely joined no. books. <laughs> exactly. Oh, but that will officially now do it for this week's episode of The Living Force. If you are new to the show, please don't forget to subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts and tune in every single week to hear us at Utini talk about the Star Wars Expanded Universe. Please, please do leave us a review on iTunes to help people find us and head over to utini.com for reviews, articles, and comprehensive book profiles on every single story in the Star Wars galaxy. If you want your personal thoughts on the show, you can email us at livingforcepod at utini.com or tweet at us at livingforcepod like everyone at the start of this show. Or you can join, as we said, our Utini Discord community by going to utini.com slash discord. You can find us personally on Twitter. I am at Eric Eilerson. Corey is at DocStarWarsMD. And Charles is at C. Hankel. A special thank you, as always, to Matt Davenport, our amazing editor, especially this episode, Freddie, our producer, and Wes, our community manager. Thank you to Corey and Charles for podcasting with me, and as always, may the Force be with you. There is no hatred. There is joy. There is no division. There is union. There is no apathy. There is passion. There is no gatekeeping. There is community. This is the Utini Star Wars fan code. Embrace it, live by it, and above all, trust in the living force. That's all for this week. Join our community and surround yourself with like-minded fans by visiting us online at utini.com. Until next time, may the force be with you.